Amen. Couldn't get more perfect songs for the scripture today, so thank you for that. Uh, our scripture is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. We're reading from verses 35 through 41. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took with him, him with them in the boat, just as he was, other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The word of God for us this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this word. We thank you for being able to celebrate this Father's Day in your house, reading your scripture and seeking your face and experiencing your Holy Spirit. We ask now, O oh Lord, that you will receive these words as I share them, that you will continue, O oh Lord, to inspire my thoughts to be your own, and that it'll be what we need to hear this morning. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Have you ever had one of those full days when you're just dead tired and you're done? You're just like tired and it's over and you're ready for bed and you're just exhausted. You know, if we, if we read the story and the scripture that we have just read, and that was the only thing that you read of that chapter of Mark, you really wouldn't get the full picture. So I want to explain to you what happened before. Jesus has been speaking to crowds since morning. He has been teaching the crowds about the parables. And he's been talking to them about the coming kingdom of God. This is where we find the parable of the sower. This is where we find the parable of the kingdom of God being like a mustard seed. This is where we find that your light should not be hid under a bushel. These parables that we always think about when we think about Jesus' teaching about the coming kingdom of God appear on this scripture in this day. And so Jesus has been teaching since morning to the crowds. But not only that, He's been teaching the crowds, and after teaching the crowds a parable, he's been having to pull his disciples aside to explain the parables because they don't get them. You know, if you're a teacher, my sister is a teacher, and she always tells me that she has to explain things to students over and over and over again, that she has to put the example on the board and walk through the steps and that even after doing all of those things, there's always that one or two students that goes, I still don't get it. I don't understand it. And you know what she has to do? She has to stay after class or find another time 
to sit with them and say, this is how you do it, and walk them through it again. And so Jesus has been doing this all day long. He has been teaching the crowds about the parables, but then he's been having to pull his disciples inside and explain the details of his parables and try to help them to understand the message that he's trying to bring. He's been doing this from sun up to sundown. It's evening, folks. He's been at this all day long. And as we know, when Jesus did this, the crowds grew exponentially. Somebody who was there at the morning session went off to the town nearby and said, you would not believe who's teaching over there next to the sea. And the next thing you know is more people showed up and more people showed up. And so by evening, you know that the crowd was probably over, had already overtaken the whole side of the sea there. And Jesus knew as long as he stayed there teaching, they weren't going anywhere. Hey, when, you, when t- Jesus is teaching and you can be at the feet of Jesus, you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay there as long as you can. Ask Martha and Mary about this. They can tell you a little bit about it, right? You know, you, if Jesus is teaching, I'm going to be there. And that crowd was there. And so Jesus knew, if I stay here, it's not just going to be a long day. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> And everybody at this point is tired and exhausted. It's been a long day. So he tells his disciples, let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side. Jesus knew that this was the only way he was going to get a break. You know, sometimes we forget Jesus was both human and divine. He was exhausted, folks. He's been going at it all day long. He says, let's get on the boat. Let's cross to the other side. Evening had come, it had gotten late, and they get on the boat to cross to the other side. And the scripture says that there was other boats with them. You know, there was always those people that said, ah, if he's leaving, I'm coming with. And they got on their boats and started following them. Well, you know, Jesus was so exhausted that I, I think the minute his head hit the, the, the cushion in that boat, he was out. He was asleep. He was completely out. And you know, as he is sleeping on the boat, we're told that a big storm, and the Greek word here is for megastorm. It's not just a a big storm. It's a megastorm. It's supposed to be a superlative to explain to us just the immensity of this storm. Why? Because Jesus had fishermen among his disciples. They wouldn't have been phased by a little storm. They wouldn't even have been phased by a large storm because they had been in many storms as fishermen. Many of them came from the families of fishermen, which means grandpa was a fisherman, dad was a fisherman, and we are fishermen. So we've been seeing this all of our lives. So they wouldn't have been faced by a little storm. But the scripture says a mega storm, a huge storm, came upon the boats. And they began to take on water. And you know, it's interesting. We don't hear any more about the other boats. I have a feeling that when the megastorm hit, everybody else went, you know what? We don't want to follow you that badly. Let's go back. (laughs) We we wanted to follow you, but now that it's gotten rough, we're going to go back to the safety of the shore. How many times do people following Jesus turn around at the first sign of trouble and give up? 
We see that all the time. I wonder how many of those boats just turned around and said, nope, nope, too much, too much storm. We're going back. The disciples on the boat started freaking out. You know what I'm talking about. They see water coming onto the boat and the storm being a mega storm. This boat is going up and down on both sides. And the whole time, Jesus is sleeping in the stern. Now, you don't understand this until you have a spouse that can sleep through storms. I don't like storms. But I can be in my bed during the worst of storms, you know, the kind of storm that you feel a tree is going to crash through your roof any second now. And next to me, I will hear... Because my wife can sleep through storms. And I never have been able to understand that because when a storm starts, I start going, what was that? Did I hear a crackling? Do I have to look out the window to see if the car is still there? You know, all of that. And one day I asked my wife, I said, how can you sleep through storms? And she said, well, if a tree crashes on the house and we die, we go to heaven. And if not, we get to clean up the mess. It's going to be okay either way. See, I couldn't do that. I'm over here worrying and trying to get under the covers and doing all that. And I know the disciples were the same way. They were just scared to death. They were like, we are going to die. And they wake up Jesus. Lord, don't you care what is going on here? Don't you care that we are perishing? Don't you care that we're dying here? You know, sometimes when we pray, we, we begin our prayers with that kind of complaint. Lord, don't you care that I'm sick? Don't you care that I have problems? Don't you care that I have this need? Don't you care that this is going on in my life? But there's a problem with beginning prayers that way. Well, there's actually lots of problems with it, right? But one of the problems that we find is that when we begin our prayers that way, we're already presuming that we know the outcome of our situation. They were assuming that it was a given they were perishing, they were dying, that this was what was going to happen. Where did they get that notion? Well, you put a boat and water in boat, you get death, right? I mean, it doesn't take a scientist to figure this out. If you're a fisherman and you've been at sea, and you get water in a boat, it sinks, you die, right? That is the way we think. That is the way we understand our situation. We take what's going on, we take the factors, we analyze it based on our human logic and understanding, and we come to the conclusion of what is going to happen. The problem with this presumption is that we are forgetting who's with us in the boat. We're forgetting who called us in the first place to cross to the other side. You see, we're forgetting that if, if Jesus tells us to cross to the other side and then he jumps in the boat with us, he's going to make a way for us to make it to the other side. Now, it doesn't mean we won't go through storms. He said we're going to cross over. He didn't say we weren't going to have any storms. He didn't say it was going to be easy all the time. What he did say is we're going to make it to the other side. We're going to cross over to the other side the second problem with these questions is that we presume that we don't have a 
loving Heavenly Father who already knows what we need. I want to tell you, there's nothing you're going to go through in life that is not known to your Heavenly Father. There's nothing that you will face that your Heavenly Father does not already know about. And He cares about whatever it is that you're facing. And the final problem with this question is that if you're not acknowledging who's in your boat, then you're facing your storm alone. You're trying to do it by your own understanding, by your own logic, by your own strength, and you're not really relying on the power of God that's been given to you, the authority of God that's been given to you in Jesus to overcome all situations. You know, Jesus clearly didn't feel threatened by the storm. You don't sleep through a storm if you feel threatened by it. You, he, wasn't, he wasn't worried about it. He wasn't concerned about it. You know, and when he woke up, from, when he was woken up from his sleep, I don't know about you, but when I wake up somebody from their sleep and they were sleeping soundly, you get the, what do you want, kind of thing. You know, Jesus could have been real ugly to the disciples. Why are you waking me up? Don't wake me up. I've been up all day. But instead, he has mercy for his disciples. He notices how afraid they are. He knows, notices how concerned they are. He notices how panicked they are. And at that moment, he wakes up, he rebukes the wind, and says to the sea, Peace be still. You know, this reminded me of how fathers deal with the fear of their children. You know, when a child comes up to you and says, I got monsters underneath my bed, you know there's no monsters under the bed. But you still go check. And you check the closet to reassure them there's no monsters there. You go and you tuck them in. You give them a kiss. You remind them that you're with them. And you help to allay their fears. You see, Jesus did not ignore the fact that they were afraid. He recognized it. He understood it. And he addressed it immediately by bringing the peace and the calm that they needed in their lives. In doing this, Jesus showed a lot of compassion for them. He could have told them, we're going to be fine. We're going to make it through the storm. We're going to be on the other side in no time and left the storm to rage on. But instead, he calmed the sea and told the wind to stop so that they would have peace. Then he turned to them and said, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And this sounds so harsh, right? It sounds so hard. Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? Well, as, as a disciple, I would have been like, uh, water in boat, uh, sinking, frayed, you know, the facts of the matter. How many times do we try to tell God about our fear by pointing to the facts of our situation and saying, look at the facts. Look at the things going on. Look at the situation. This is why I'm afraid. And when we tell God that, he turns around to us and says, but, but have you still no faith? Why? Because Jesus had been teaching them all day about all of these things of faith, 
about the kingdom of God, about him being with them, about them being part of bringing light into the world. And they still didn't get it. Jesus had been teaching them that with God's authority, they could do things that they thought impossible. And that included making it through a storm that was a megastorm. You know, when you face really big things in your life, you need to remember that God has given you authority to overcome the world. That we have authority to overcome those obstacles and those storms. When we think we can't make it to the other side, we need to go back to remember who it is that called us out onto the sea in the first place. And if Jesus calls us to it, he will get us through it. If he tells us to go, then he's not just going to send us out. He's going to go with us in the boat. And he's going to make us, help us make it to the other side. Now, we won't make it because we're so great at navigation. We're not going to make it because we're just expert, you know, uh, experts at boats. We're going to make it because God has given us an authority in Jesus Christ to call on the power of God in the name of Jesus in those times of need. The one who has the authority to bring peace in the midst of chaos is in our boat. Fathers tend to try to do this for their children as well. They do their best to try to allay their children's fears, to remind them that they can cross to the other side from childhood to adulthood, from adulthood to fatherhood or motherhood, from, from that to professional life, and, and do all the kind of things that they don't believe that they can do on their own. Fathers believe in their children even when they don't believe in themselves. And this is kind of where Jesus was with his disciples. Even as they're afraid and doubting, Jesus is believing that one day they will get it and they will have that faith. Have you still no faith? It's actually a statement of hope that they will have faith. That there will be a moment when they will understand that if Jesus is in your boat, it's not going to sink doesn't mean there won't be rocky times and that you won't take in water but it means that you will make it to the other side the disciples to their credit knew who to get help from you know when we've tried everything that's when we try to wake up Jesus <laughs> a lot of times we try to do it all on our own right we tried the sails. We tried all the techniques that we knew with the ropes. We tried the anchors. And when nothing else works, we turn to Jesus for help because we know he's the only one that can make a difference. To the credit of the disciples, when they woke up Jesus, they were saying, we surrender it to you. We can't do it. We, who are supposed to be expert fishermen and know about the sea can't do it but you can we all need to reach that point of surrender where we let it go to Jesus and say I can't make it through this raging storm but with your authority and with your help 
we can calm it down. When Jesus says, peace be still, the game is over. When he says the word, he has the authority from God to calm whatever storm we're facing. We just have to trust that he has that authority. Little Abby did not believe in her authority when she first got up in front of you. She was hesitant to try to use the authority that was given to her. It took a moment for her to accept that authority had been given to her and that that power was hers to use. And then it took the encouragement of others for her to embrace that authority and use that authority to make you stand and sit down. Sometimes we need to encourage one another by saying, who is it that is stronger than this wind and these waves? It's Jesus. And who is in your boat? Jesus. And who has authority? Jesus. And if he's in your boat, you have authority. May you calm the storms and call on the name that is above all other names, the name of Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for giving us the authority to call on you and the authority to use the power that comes with the name of Jesus to deal with our storms in our lives. We thank you, O Lord, that we learn from this story that we need to trust that if you're in our boat, we will make it through the storms that we face in life. That no matter how much water has come into our boat, we will not sink because you have promised us life. That, O oh Lord, you will continue to deliver us and that you will continue to lead us forward by your power and your might. On this day, we pray specially for fathers. We pray that you will continue to give them wisdom and authority to use their influence over their children to be a blessing to them, to encourage them, to urge them forward, to remind them of their faith in you, and to remind them, Lord, that they have a heavenly Father who loves them. We thank you, O Lord, for the authority that you've given fathers over their households to lead and direct them in the faith and to continue to bring them before you every day in prayer. Thank you, Lord for delivering us always to the other side. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is always open for prayer if you need that power and that authority of Jesus in your life this day.